0: The following is a presentation of God Questions Ministries. Does Deuteronomy 22 verses 28 and 29 command a rape victim to marry her rapist? Deuteronomy 22 verses 28 and 29 is often cited by skeptics as evidence that the Bible is backwards, cruel, and misogynist, and thus not the Word of God. It is a difficult passage to interpret. In the NIV, Deuteronomy 22, verses 28 and 29 reads like this, If a man happens to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her and they are discovered, he shall pay her father fifty shekels of silver. He must marry the young woman, for he has violated her. He can never divorce her as long as he lives. How is this fair to rape victims? Well, it's not if we're talking about rape. Unfortunately, the NIV's translation is a poor one at this point and the word translated rape can mean other things. The late apologist Greg Bonson explains, quote, the Hebrew word simply means to take hold of something, grasp it in hand, and by application to capture or seize something. It's the verb used for handling the harp and flute, the sword, the sickle, the shield, the oars, and the bow. It is likewise used for taking God's name or dealing with the law of God. Joseph's garment was grasped and even moses took the two tablets of the law end of quote in other words the hebrew word itself does not suggest force of any kind and should not be translated as rape it is necessary to take deuteronomy 22 verses 28 and 29 together with exodus 22 verses 16 and 17 which says this if a man seduces a virgin who's not betrothed and lies with her he shall give the bride price for her and make her his wife If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the bride price for virgins. These two passages cover the same situation. A man sleeps with a virgin who is not betrothed. Note that in Exodus 22, there's no hint of force or rape. There is only enticement or seduction. The penalty is that he must pay the dowry and marry the girl. If the girl's father doesn't like the match, he can refuse to allow the marriage. According to the Halakha, The girl had a similar right of refusal, but the man who fooled around must still pay the dowry. And so, in the words of Old Testament scholar Sandra Richter, quote, walk-away Joes were required to man up as regards the woman they had compromised and the potential children they had created, end of quote. Stepping back from our passage in question, it's helpful to view the context of Deuteronomy 22, verses 13 through 29. The entire passage is devoted to offenses involving women. Verses 13 to 22 deal with crimes involving a married woman. 1. A bride is accused of premarital promiscuity but is innocent. The result, the bride and her family receive damages. Verses 13 through 19. 2. A bride is accused of premarital promiscuity and is guilty. The result, she's executed. Verses 20 and 21. 3. A man and a married woman commit adultery. The result? Both are executed. Verse 22. Then verses 23-29 to 29 deal with crimes involving an unmarried woman. 1. A man and a betrothed woman commit consensual fornication. The result? Both are executed. Verses 23-24. and 24. 2. A man is found guilty of rape. The result? He is executed. Verses 25-27. 3. A man and a non-betrothed woman commit consensual fornication. The result, damages are due to the girl and her family, verses 28 and 29. The fact that Deuteronomy 22, verses 28 and 29 deals with consensual sex, not rape, is proved four ways. 1. A comparison with a parallel law in Exodus 22 shows that no force is involved. The seizing of the girl, as the ESV and the NKJV say in Deuteronomy 22:28, has more to do with seduction than coercion. 2. The verses immediately preceding Deuteronomy 22, verses 28 and 29 have already dealt with rape. The penalty for that crime is specified. The rapist is executed. There's no reason to deal with rape again in verses 28 and 29. Further, the penalties are different. In one, the man dies. In the other, the man lives. Obviously, different crimes are in view. 3. Deuteronomy 22, verse 28, contains an important statement that cannot be overlooked. And they are discovered. In other words, it's not just the man who is found out. It's both of them. It's a case in which both the man and the woman somehow share a portion of the blame. Therefore, there's no force involved, and it is not rape. But their action has been discovered. The man cannot walk away from his sin. He has put the young woman in a very difficult life situation in which there would be few or no other men who would want to marry her. God holds both parties accountable, instructing them to get married and stay together. 4. There are two distinct words used in the same passage. The word translated rapes in Deuteronomy 22 verse 25 is the Hebrew word chazak. But verse 28 contains a different verb, translated seizes in the ESV, tafas. The different verbs suggest different actions. No, the Old Testament never commands a rape victim to marry her rapist. The irrevocable marriage contract was reserved for men who had mistreated a woman in some way and had damaged her ability to marry. The New Living Translation of Deuteronomy 22, verses 28 and 29, probably comes the closest to the law's original intent. Suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin but is not engaged to be married. If they are discovered, he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver. Then he must marry the young woman because he violated her, and he may never divorce her as long as he lives. Dr. Richter sums up, quote, In Deuteronomy, victims of sexual misconduct were constitutionally protected from the economic consequences of assault and seduction. Walk-away Joes were required to man up. The young woman was shielded from the economic and social fallout of the encounter. Rape victims were assumed innocent. Women so abused were expected to report. Convicted rapists were executed. End of quote. Got Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions. Online at gotquestions.org.